Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Distractions. I actually find it hilarious, really, because I am probably one of the most distracted people you could ever come across. I mean, my mind's just here, there, and everybody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're focused on something. The most irritating thing to my wife is, she's gone out now, so I can say this, you know, is, is she'll talk to me, and I'm focused on the phone, I'm looking at the TV, and she said, you have not heard a word that I've said, and I'm able to quote off every single word that she said. Anybody know what I'm talking about, men? Yes. One for the men. But I'm often distracted. Men, women, I'm often distracted. What I've realized, the, dis- the distracted often become the distraction. You ask any of the staff. When I'm distracted in my office, then what I have to do, I think it's my divine right to go and be a distraction to everybody else. Every- anybody know what I'm talking about? Again, you ladies definitely know what you're talking about with those men you have. But what I've realized is this. There are some distractions that, to be honest with you, They're not going to be life-changing. But there are some distractions that are incredibly life-changing. And what I want to do is I just want to encourage you in these next few moments to listen about to some of the things that I believe we need to understand and know over these next 20 minutes. Because I really believe that whether you're a church follower, whether you're a Christ follower, whether you're a church attender, whether you're a not a church attender, not a Christ follower. I believe it's going to be important for every single one of us. You know, to change, to accomplish, to succeed, which most people, when you speak to, want to do, what we must do, in my mind, is alleviate distractions. We've got to alleviate those distractions. We've got to remove distractions that then enable us to succeed. We need to become, to use a word, focused. We need to be focused. Now, the definition of focus, just to help you to understand, as I, in my opening remarks, this means to be, have something at the center of interest, to be focused, it's central to your lives. It's Another way of putting it is, a focus is you have a very clear visual reason and a very clear visual picture of what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. I want to say focus is incredibly powerful. There's many books that's been written about the power of focus and how when you focus on something, things begin to develop. I, I can prove it many, many times in my lives that when I focused on a particular thing, there, there is advancement. There is a moving forward. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But when you're just a little bit not as intentional, it almost drifts. You know, speak to the businessman. I love the bit, fact, big shout out to the business guys in our church. I love the fact that there's guys who are in business and girls who are in business. We have many of our younger guys who are pioneering new businesses. I pray for you regular. I, I pray that God would bless you and that it would be more than just a business, but you'd be a blessing to others, that you'd be a big employer. You know, because this is all part of what we believe as Christian people. We're not called just to live for ourselves. We're called to, you know, be an influence on others. 
And if you're going to build a business, uh, we've just gone through the exam stages and there's numbers of guys who are now going to university or have gone to university. But if you want to gain good exam marks, if you want to reduce your handicap, not a great swing because I'm not a golfer at all. Any golfers here? I said golf. Well, I should have said any good golfers here. Okay, no, I'm joking. Josh actually seriously plays off a. Oh, he told me a week ago it was three. No, he didn't. A seven. That's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty good. Now, let me tell you anybody can, any more offers on seven? Anybody better than a seven? Chris, come on. You, you, no. Oh, let me down there, okay? If you want to, if, five, if you, if you want to be, the point is, if you want to be a great golfer and get your handicap down, then you've got to focus on it. If you want to become a sports professional, by the way, if you want to build a church, you've got to focus on it. The, there's, there's John T over here. Sorry, for those who have no idea in your new church, just stand to your feet, will you? Just, if I stand on that chair, John T, just stand on the chair. He's wearing the T-shirt, Iron Man Wales. Come on, let's give him a round of applause. Stay where you are. Now, he's not taking his top off, okay? Because his abs and everything else... To be honest with you, I don't want to show him up, Kev. So sit, sit down, John T. Okay. Listen, I know, talking with John T, watching the Instagram feed, the focus that John T is at. I didn't just develop this physique and this intensity of training. He's had to focus on it. He's had to work hard on it. I'm at, I'm at, you're understanding what I mean. You know, if we want to accomplish anything in life, if we want to build anything, if we want to do anything, we've got to... Focus, but we must remove distractions. You know, if you was to say to me, I want to build a great business, and I just spent a day with you, I would be able to tell if that's true or not. You may say, I want to be a golf pro. Get, get the, just give me a day with you, and I'll then tell you. Not because I'm a golf pro, and not because I'm a great builder of businesses. Because my point is this. If you let me look at your life, this will tell me what you are focused on. Some people say I'm a Christian, and they're a Christian on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, who's out the door? Never give him a thought. Really? Some people say they want to be great husbands, and they're a great husband because they have to take her out on date night. But then all the other time, they don't give her a moment's thought. Hello. So all I need to do is just look at somebody's life. All you need to do, turn it on me, all you need to do is look at my life. Just spend a day with me and then you'll know what I'm really focused on. You can see we can talk about stuff, but it's about applying that to our lives. Because this is the point. What you prioritize, for those who have got notepads and pens and phones out and taking notes on this brilliant message this morning, okay, what you prioritize tells me what you're focused on. 
I'm going to challenge some thinking here today, just in these few moments. Because some of you are saying the opposite to what you're actually prioritizing into your life. There's a man in the Bible, I'll make some comment just at the end about him. His name was Paul. And this is what he said. And I can't give you the background to it, the context to it, because of time. But he's basically talking about, you know, what's important to him. And he says this, the very credentials these people, is found in Philippians in chapter 3. It'll come on the screen. The very credentials these people, he's talking about religious people. Kev alluded to them this morning. And they're waving around something as special. I'm tearing up. And throwing out with the trash. Along with everything else I used to take credit for. You see, Paul was a religious man. Once was a religious man. High priority in his life. And then he goes on, why am I throwing it out? Because of Jesus? Because of Christ? Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. He was removing dangerous distractions from his life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand, everything I once thought that, I, that was going for me is now insignificant. Yes, it does say this in a contemporary version of the Bible, dog dong. I think we've got the idea. I've dumped it all in the trash. So all the stuff that he once thought was important to him is now saying it's not important at all. I've now dumped it in the trash. So I could focus, priority, embrace Christ, embrace Jesus and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. You know, some of you here, you think church is just all about a set of rules and regulations. It's not at all. That's rule making. That's religion. Relationship is something completely different. And what we are about in Arena Church is about having an intimate relationship, friendship with Jesus Christ. Paul says, my heart is that I would know Christ. We'll come on to that in a few moments. But what I've realized is this. Paul's talking about knowing Christ, but many of us have a focus and a priority around numbers of other things. For instance, numbers of people, you talk to them, and really what they're interested in is this, making and accumulating money. Now, I've already said I love the business guys here, but you know what I love about our business guys? That isn't their motivation. They will make money and they'll make plenty of it. And there's numbers of guys in our church who have made plenty of money and there's nobody who celebrates them more than me. But that is not their priority. I come across other business people because it's the world that I walk in and it's clear to me that they have not really an interest in building a business that is, is going to influence and affect other people. I'm not even talking about Christian business. Really, all their motivation is this. The spondulis, the moolah. That's all they're interested in. That's all that's motivating their life. And what I've realized is this. Numbers of them 
And numbers of girls who that's their focus actually then end up in unhappy marriages, unhappy children, unhappy, you know, lifestyles. Because their priority, their focus is upon making money. You see, 1 Timothy 6 verse 9 and 10, listen to me very carefully. Again, it'll come on the screen because it's just brilliant wisdom from the Bible. It says here, and if you have an interest in business or wanting to get on in life, that's wonderful, but there's a caution. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of... Of evil, of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Let me tell you, money is not dirty. Money is not evil. Money is good. Money does make the world go round. We all need it to live. Some people have more than others. And like I've said, I celebrate those people who have plenty of it. Particularly those who don't love it. Again, what I've realized is those who don't love it but are focused on building a life worthy of God, seemed to have plenty of it. I came across a guy over in North America. He just, his desire was to build a great business and to provide employment for many, many others and to then share that um, success with others, not just his family, but the wider community, even the church. In fact, this guy has literally invested millions of pounds of his own money into building dream centers, which then care for homeless people and for the needy. And he and his wife and his family have determined not just to build them, but then to maintain them, to make sure that there's money there to be able to able to sustain and just bless and just serve that community. This guy is now a multi, 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 multi millionaire. Why? Because he knew that he needed money, but his priority wasn't the love of money. I think we need to be very, very careful how we live our lives because actually if our priority is to make and accumulate as much as we can, I think we have a problem. The second thing that I come across, and this is not just people, you know, who are outside of church. This can be sometimes people in the church. Their whole desire is thrill-seeking. Now, I am not good on roller coasters. I want to tell you, I scream like a baby. Anybody else scream like a baby on roller coasters? The, time, the last time I went on a huge roller coaster, actually Josh was with me. They took a photo of it. I came off literally, not white, but green. I thought I was going to absolutely spew my guts up. Sorry for being so graphic. It was awful. He tricked me into it. You know, it was just awful. I, you know, but some people want to do thrill-seeking. I was talking to a guy recently and he had somebody who we knew and there were 92 and they were wanting to go on a skydive how cool is that now there's some people who enjoy they're, they're harmless things but some people they go one step further and their priority is the next thrill the next rush what is the next high and that's how they live their life and you might be here today and you live your life like that the next high the next rush what is the next thing that you're walking into And I want to tell you that kind of priority eventually can become very, very destructive. 
That is why we have a society that is addicted to all kinds of substances. Because why? They're moving from one substance. And then when it doesn't work, they go to another one to give them another feeling. They're looking for that high. We even now call them legal highs. Thrill-seeking. And what about the last one? This one that I think is really important that people focus too much time and attention on and it becomes a priority to them is this whole thought of looking good, the image. Now let me tell you, I chose my attire very carefully today, as you can see. Thank you, thank you for that, ladies. You, you know, I did my hair and showered and just made sure there's aftershave on. And You know, this is my hair. It's not a wig, even though some of you think it is. It's not, but don't touch the hair. Okay. Um, I'm not talking about that kind of image. I'm talking about people who all they're bothered about is looking good. How they come across. You know, there's now there's a business called Image Consultants. I mean, they'd have no chance with me, Ivy, because what would you change about this? I mean, come on, guys. Can I hear a big amen? I mean, come on. I'm joking. They're just priority to look good. So it's all about self-promotion. I'm not knocking if you're on Facebook, but what does my nut about media is that everybody's self-promoting. And the church world can be one of the world's worst. They want to tell how many people they've had in the churches and how many people have come to faith. And you can easily get sucked into that world. I'm trying to just keep away from it. I don't want to be all about looking good. I want to make him God, not me looking good. Honestly. Now, am I interested in how my hair looks? And how am I interested in having a nice shirt on a clean shirt? And am I interested in having nice, trendy clothes? Yeah, because I actually like those things. There's nothing wrong with them. But I'm not interested, actually, what you think about me. Seriously. What I am interested in is what God thinks about me. And I'm dead interested in what my wife thinks about me as well. Okay, that's an important one. (laughs) Looking good. So here's three things to consider as we wind down. And by the way, those three things that I've mentioned, I think are all self-driven. They're all driven by self. And this is what we have to be careful with dangerous distractions because they can distract us. But let's consider a couple of things that I think are really, really important for us to focus on and prioritize. First of all, time. Nudge your neighbor and say time. Time. What's interesting about time is all of us have this same gift in equal measure. We've all been given 24 hours, 365 days in the the year, in equal measure. But the point is this, how we spend it is so important. So again, somebody wants to build, you know, a great church, let's say. I could spend a, a day with a church leader and I could really see if they're focused on that by how they spend their time. So if they're forever on Facebook, if they're ever Twittering, if they're ever Instagramming, I'm not saying you can't do those things, but that's the focus of them. They're forever just on the golf, oh, we'll just have a good game of golf, oh, we'll just have a cup of tea, you know. How we spend our time is so important. And this is the point. I think it needs to be productive. We've got to do away with laziness. Now, about time, just to put it out there, 
I've spoken to numbers of people, particularly in middle age, which I am now in, I think. Am I? 45? Yeah? Still a young man, I'm telling you. That's what I was looking for, actually. I was looking for the... I'm still a young man. Nick, I'm still a young man. You see, I've still got... Okay. People in their middle-aged, sometimes approaching 60, they would still make comments like this. I've heard this numbers of times, honestly. Well, about faith, I'll, I'll sort that out later. I, I'll sort that out later. Almost once I've got all my stuff out of my life, then I'll concentrate on that. The point is this. What if we don't get to those years? The Bible actually says it another way. I wonder if we'd just turn to James in chapter 4. These are such sobering verses. I normally use these in a funeral context. But actually, I think it needs to be before the funeral. Some of you need to listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. I know it's from the Bible, but hear the wisdom and the wise counsel of the Bible. It says here, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city and we will spend a year there and we'll carry on business and we'll make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? Question mark. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Each of us have been given a gift from God. It's called time. I love that we have many, many older people in our congregation who are absolutely terrific people, and they've nailed this, because they're actually determined to live their lives, even into their 80s, with a whole lot of fun, with a whole lot of adventure and, a, and activity, but they've nailed it. I'm so glad that we've got teenagers and 20-somethings. We've got a whole load of 20-somethings in this church. They've sorted this. They're not putting off. Because they've realized that actually they might not get it tomorrow. They're having to deal with their today. Secondly, very quickly, a priority of time, a priority of family. Need to speak into this because there's Josh and Helen with the two little ones. And, you know, I think it's just an important priority of our lives, of family. I understand we have to work. I understand life becomes very challenging and stretching for us, particularly for those who have to travel for work and you're up early and you're out. And those who are having to put in overtime to be able to afford the stretch of where we are financially in the world. I understand there are those people who are building businesses and it takes a lot of time. So we understand all the tensions but listen, what somebody once said, said to me when I was talking about the stretch on my time, and I said, well, it's just a season. And he wisely said to me, Christian, this isn't a season, this is a lifestyle. Because my season was that I was out early, I was working late, I didn't really have much time for family and Caroline, and he was just testing me, and it was a mentor of mine just driving, and he said, Christian, this isn't a season, this is a lifestyle. We need to make sure that priority is not just in time, but also in family. You may say, well, I haven't got a family. 
even if you're a guest here today, can I just give an invitation? Can I be your family? Can we be your family? So that's what church is. I know it's quite a big family. I won't like to pay the, pick the bill up for all you guys eating. Some of you anyway, are you to eat? Flipping out. I can tell. I can tell some of you are pack it away. Pack it away. And I'm not just talking about my own dad either. <clears throat> but could we be your family? Families are tough at times. You know, and things can happen in them. But I honestly think they need to be a priority. Time goes so quickly, Josh. I've said this to you. I have talked to you many times, Anne Helen, but you in particular. Time goes so quickly with your children. As I held Willow again, I was just mindful again. Don't want to go there. Just holding my eldest daughter who we just married off. Time goes so quick. And you need to grasp the moment and take the most, make the most of it. Some quick words, if you're going to work well within a, within a family, some words that you need to concentrate on. Are you already with pens? There's great wisdom here. This is a word to make sure that you live with family well. Sorry. Thank you. Please forgive me. I was wrong. These are words that will bring oil to your family. Are you hearing me? And if they become the rhythm of your life, then you will build something into your family that will become an absolute blessing to you. As I close, I said Paul was focused. He was intentional. He was purposed. He was removing all the distractions. And he says, actually, I consider them all rubbish to just about knowing you. There were two focuses that actually are Paul's, of Paul's that are ours as a church. Two focuses as I close. Paul said, my heart is to know God, to know Christ. He says it's twice in this. I want to know Christ. He wasn't interested in, in religion. He wasn't in, interested in accumulation. He wasn't looking for thrill-seeking because he knew those wouldn't satisfy. All he was interested in was about knowing Christ because he knew that God loved him. You see, Paul was a murderer. He oversaw a murder. The first Christian, he hated Christians. He was an impressive man because he turned his life around. God did an amazing thing in his life. He had an amazing conversion. And some of you might be here and you're here only because of, you've had an invitation. But actually, God wants to do a great work in your life if you'll allow him. And Paul says, look, I now know God and I want to know God. You see, God wants not only to reveal himself to you, but he wants you to know him. And this is the focus of our hearts. We want people to know God. That's why we're unashamed in bringing a Sunday service like this. This is why there's a message like there is. This is why we worship the way that we do. And we know it offends some people, but that's just the way we do it because we want people to know God. But secondly, Paul also had a desire. And that was not just to know God, but his second focus was that he wanted to reach lost people. To love people. You see, knowing always leads to going. We'll preach that at some point. We haven't got time today. Knowing always leads to going. If you know God, you will have, it will be an automatic thing. You'll, his love compels us. 
We can't help ourselves. I want to tell you, I can't help myself around people who are far away from God. I love being with people like that. Even though they don't agree with what I say, I'm still, I just love being with them. And you might feel like you're far away. You might feel like you've squandered everything. You might feel like you have no interest. But I want to tell you, the picture of the Bible is that God the Father is still here looking over you. And he's looking and he's just wanting to draw you to himself because he loves you. Even though you're in a right mess. Even though you're in a state where you know you think he's, he, he couldn't accept you. I want to tell you, he accepts you even in the squallow, even in the dirtiness of our lives. Because it's not just, I know where Kev was talking about, from those who probably come from a very, what we would consider to be a bad background. And we've got people here who, who use drugs. And you know I love you and I welcome you because they're on a journey. There's people who've come out of alcoholism. There's people who've come from all kinds of illicit relationships. But what about you who's done none of those things? Like me. I didn't do any of those things, but I was filthy. I was dirty. I was wretched. I knew me. Full of envy, full of jealousy, looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at, behaving angry, explosive, all those kinds of things that keep us away from God. And yet God still says, Christian, even though you behave like this, I want to tell you, I still love you. There's nothing that could stop me from loving you. You, you, You're trying to get yourself perfect to come to me. You'll never do it. Just come as you are. Just come as you are. Just come as you are. And I'll love you. And I'll accept you. And we'll work it through together. And that's the gospel. So what are we prioritizing? What are we focusing on? I think we would do well to remove some dangerous distractions from our lives. And focus our time. And focus our family. And focus our heart upon knowing God. And as the church community, not just knowing God but I'm reaching those who are far away from Jesus. I wonder if the guys would come and join me on the platform. We're going to, in a few minutes, there'll be an announcement as we draw our service to a close. But I wonder in the meantime, whether you'd just join me for a moment and just, if you want to, just closing your eyes, bowing your heads,